Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union. Navy Federal Credit Union serves all branches of the armed forces. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. My name is Andrew, hanging out with Morgan, Marcus, John, Kara. The whole room is full today. What's going on, guys? What's happening? It's a good day, man. Hey, we've great got some, day. We've got some good things going on. Right? Some great podcast guests today. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, I've we're, had a good we're day. podcasters. We are podcasters. It's Monday and we're podcasters. It doesn't get any better than that. The sun's out. We actually the shades are shut, specifically but do this on Monday so we don't have the Mondays. The Mondays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we're just podcasting. I totally know what you mean. It's I've been thing. in back-to-back meetings. I was thinking so. about it earlier, man. Mondays need to be the day that you, you, know, you eat the food that you're not supposed to. You, you, you have the fun days just, just, just to get through it. Kick instead that week of off. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Yeah. Well, add it on to it. Just keep add it going. to Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. We've got a great guest in store for you guys today. Pete Roberts is a husband, father, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, third-degree black belt, Fox News regular, co-founder of Jocko Fuel, and the visionary behind Origin USA, listed by Inc. Magazine as the 215th fastest-growing private company in America in 2021. Origin offers American-sourced and American-made apparel, denim, boots, fitness gear, and nutritional supplements. Pete is on a mission to restore American manufacturing, and they're on fire. Pete, welcome to the show, man. Super excited to have you. Man, I appreciate it. You make me sound really good, except I'm just kind of a redneck from the woods of Maine. But, uh, <laughs> but appreciate appreciate it. Well, you're going to tell real well. We're rednecks from Willis. Yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of rednecks here, guys. It's, hey, okay, when, you, when someone reads out the stuff that you've accomplished, it sounds, doesn't sound right, does it? Doesn't doesn't sound right. No. I mean, making a resume <laughs> through your life when we were going when you read through this, I, I get that that attitude you got. We carry, we carry that same thing, man. But well done, though. Seriously, well done. Appreciate it. How's Thank how's you. Maine? Man, right Beautiful. now, I mean, the weather weather shifted, so uh, we have we have six seasons in Maine. Yep. Uh, you know, you got your your tradition, the you know the tradition standard four, four yeah, and you have mud season where everything turns to mud. Then you have black fly season. Then you go to summer. So we're we're at black fly season right now. Those little bastards, they'll take chunks out of you. So, so we have love bugs. Oh, you ever seen those? I hate those things. Love bugs? Yeah, that's what we call them. I don't. They have- by, by your your the way you said that, you don't know what they are, do you? No. It's, There's one no. in here a minute ago. There's literally they're, they're little bl- they're little black bugs with orange heads, and they fly around the mating. Mating. They're mated up, <laughs> male female. They fly in opposite directions. 
One do they eat one way you too, or there's two of them. Do they bite you? No, they don't do anything. They're just they're just so many. They're just a nuisance. Yeah, and then okay, okay. yeah. So when you said black bucks, he's like, we got to, we're in it right now. And we have horse flies that when they get on you, okay, it feels like uh, it's like probably the same thing like as a scorpion sting. I mean, yeah. the, I had we one follow to. me on the tractor the other day, doing laps around me, like talking smack there. to me. <laughs> he, he was normal. We have those. We have those, and we have moose flies too. They're like twice the size of a horse fly, so which means they just take twice the meat. A moose fly. What? What does that? Even, what does that? They're even look massive. Like? God, totally no. different problems we got here. Yeah. It's not a miniature bird. <laughs> it's a bird. That sounds like a, a bird. one-up. It's it's a bird. Bird. Is that a one-up one to Texas? That sounds like birds a one-up down here, man. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get along famously. No, you, we don't have anything poisonous. You guys have plenty of poisonous shit down we there. We do have that. We All have literally like right here where we are sitting. Yeah, we've got. Oh, kill five of just five the seven. Yeah. I kill them every day. Yeah, we I killed Copperhead this morning. Five of the seven deadly snakes in the country are right here. Well, so Texas and Australia, we're f we got some badasses running around. <laughs> All right, let's do we this page, thing. Page, oh, yeah. Patreon question, Team Never Quit Nation question of the day comes from Matt. He says, someone comes to you and says you can go back in time and relive a moment of your life or change a moment of your life, but there's one catch. Something else in your life will have to change, and you can't know what that change will be. Do you risk it? Do you go back? Do you make a change? No. Nope. No. Ugh. Do you? I think so, yeah. I think there are some decisions I've made in life that it's hard because it, it's hard to know what uh, you're going to change uh, in your future. I want to hear this. Go ahead. Yeah. But I think I've made some poor business decisions, which, yes, they've taught me stuff. But if I could go change them, I mean, I certainly think I would. No. So you wouldn't learn anything? No. no, I would hope to still be learning. I just think that it would have saved me some You learn more in your failures than <laughs> no. you ever do your successes. Somebody reversed the words on you. All right. right. What about yeah, you? I, I, I stopped calling them failures a couple of years ago. Right. And I started calling them tuition payments. Yeah. Uh, that's you cool. know, unless you're dead, like you're, it's a transition into something else. So right. you're, you're paying tuition. I was a college dropout, you know, and, and you're not going to learn that shit in college. You're going to learn it in life. So lots of tuition payments, but, uh, I like that. That's a good perspective. Steal that yeah. one. Yeah. If you, if you go out and you get your ass kicked, someone was teaching you a lesson. If you go out and that's kick right. someone else's ass, you were teaching them a lesson. It's a give and take. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's what life is. That's, that's the best thing. And we were talking, Mojo and I, with our friends, we've had the same friends for so long that we had great stories. And great, great moments, and and we don't ever say, "Hey, man, we should go back and live that one out." Because you go back and mess it up, it won't be as fun. Won't be as fun. You, if you go yeah. back and try to live one of them badass moments, that those are frozen in time. You just go make another one, different spot. Yeah, I guess what he's saying is he doesn't love you. Oh, what if I know, right? That's messed up. That's messed up. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> I am getting thrown under the bus. Yeah, right your woman right sitting in here, man, that would definitely go pick on you. Get out of here for a second, okay? Oh, money. <laughs> No, because everything I've done has led me here to you today. That's right. So you're supposed to roll with that. There you go. All right. yeah. That was a good question. That was a good question. That was a good question. That's a lot of thought. <laughs> Obviously, went texting and driving when That's we right. that one over. Exactly. Nice job, Matt. Oh, my gosh. Pete, man, you've got the story, man. And uh, I'm glad we got a chance to hook up and connect here because you were obviously on Ryan Mickler's podcast, and we had Ryan from Order of Man on our show. And whenever mm -hmm. he kind of mentioned your name, I was like, this is kind of a no-brainer. So glad you're here, man. Yeah, I know. Appreciate it. It's uh, looking looking forward to to talking and kind of sharing our story with you guys. So we're so we're a, so down here in Texas, it's all about your generational count. Like so, Mark's and I are fifth generation, right? That's a big deal. How long? How long? How long you been up there? Uh, so my my dad's side of the family, uh, I'm technically a 
a son of of the American Revolution. Hmm. So on my dad's side. So they've been here for a while. My mom's side, they came over from Greece in the early 1900s. So a little bit of immigrant and a little bit of kind of been here. So they, it's, you, it's beautiful up there, man. What's that movie we like so much? It's, not, it's getting so what? hot in August. It gets so hot here. <laughs> All right, then we're kind of like looking for a place to go up and find a, a peaceful cabin on the lake, and we keep throwing rain. I got down. a cabin on the lake. You, you got visit. one of those going down up there? I have, I have one. Yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, yeah, it's it's gorgeous on a dead end road with a couple mm. thousand acres that abuts it. Um, that's not my property, but you got to go down this old dirt road, and there it is in a natural spring-fed lake, glacial carved, hundred and thirty feet deep, landlocked wow. salmon, trout, all the good stuff. So, how big is the town you grew up in? 700 people and check oh that's cool you still live there i do yeah yep 700 people just outside of it's i guess what i'd say is uh the area i live in it's the uh last stop before you hit the great boreal wilderness the great north woods so it's the last place with all the amenities before you enter nothing it's just it's just the north woods you keep going for three four hours and you hit hit montreal so it's uh, it's really? the last. It's old, it's old New England for sure. How many of the seven hundred people that live there work for you? Because that's like a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a really great question. Because <laughs> the numbers few. we have here, that means yeah, half the town works for you. Then we want to know, like, what was it like when you were a kid, as opposed to how you get treated now that you're an adult <laughs> and <laughs> royalty in town, right? Yeah. No, I think uh, like. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, Ma- I'm originally from Massachusetts, so I'm considered a masshole to Mainers, right? Oh, check. Never, oh, that's I'll right. Never, I forgot you called yourself. Yeah. That's right, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'll never truly been from Maine, even though I've lived here since I was eight years old. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, I grew up in the town, came back um, after I dropped out of college, and you know, it was just one of those those kids, uh, the high school athlete, and all that stuff. So I, I knew everybody, and I think everyone's pretty stoked that we've been able to bring some success to the area and help really rebuild manufacturing and give, give this community a purpose again. Um, after all the jobs got exported and the mills fell apart. Yeah. Rewind the tape for everybody that's listening to us today, because we haven't gotten into that one yet. Small town in Maine, Mm -hmm. industrial town. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, in this area, there was, uh, a lot of manufacturing, uh, Bashu was here. You know, I mean, everyone knows Bash. Mm, oh, yeah. Mark is a big fan uh, of those. Uh, yeah. I used to support them suckers all the time. So. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah, man. Penny loafers back in the Come 90s, Come on now. Right? Seats in- the 90s. Take, take Take I had some Cavariccis and Bash shoes going. <laughs> Did you guys? I remember trying to, trying to peg my one pair of jeans and, and stick a penny in the loafers. That's coming back, is it? Yeah. Pegging the, the jeans? Oh, is it? Yeah. I saw some of the kids in high school doing it. I was like, ah, we used to do that shit. Yeah, we, yeah, we thought it was cool. That cool. <laughs> so, uh, was cool. So, yeah, um, Shoe was a big one. They employed 2,000 people. Um, you know, the corporate raiders came in and, you know, basically shut the plant down. And Is that they shipped it all overseas? Is that what happened to Bass? All overseas, yeah. Lewiston, Maine, same thing. Uh, Chinese came in, bought all the looms up and exported all the, all the machines and knowledge overseas and kind of just stuck in that shitty spot really uh abandoned for 20 plus years uh so bringing bringing to the community a mission giving people a mission again has been has been tremendous it's a lot of 
I've been fulfilled, but I think more so the people have been fulfilled. So, of course, uh, we build a great business off of it too. Yeah. So all the white elephants, all the big factories, Bass Factory, and that, that's all still there. You know, some of it is still there. Uh, some of the shit's been knocked down. Like that Bass Factory is pretty well deteriorated. You couldn't. You'd have to start from scratch to be able to build in there again yeah. uh, to build product. You know, some of the mills around, you know, Lewiston, there been some renovated and gentrified and all that good stuff. Um, but there's some uh, there's some that are pretty well f- too far gone to ever turn them into anything. So, so what's we, the uh, sport of the town? You said they, you were in athletics. What's the sport y'all play up? Gotta be wrestling. Yeah, I was a I was a football lacrosse basketball player. Ah. So. You know, indoor sports freaking cold up there, man. No football in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Football in Maine. You got some big. You got some big farm boys up <laughs> nice here. Nice try man. sliding that in, buddy. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not like Texas. Not like uh, Texas football. I remember reading Friday Night Lights when I was in high school. When I was, oh, like, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, a thing. Big movie it's a about religion the high school down football here. down here. Freaking religion. Yeah. So tell us about how you how, um, tell us how you grew up. I mean, you're a third degree black belt, so you've been doing that for your entire life. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, as far as growing up, I mean, uh, grew up in this small town, you know, saw Siblings? the the best of it. Um, you got brothers and sisters? And, what's that? Brothers and sisters? Yeah, I got a brother and two sisters. Older yeah, all younger? close in age, like one, one, one and a half years apart, all four of us. So, you know, standard you go, growing up, my brother and I <laughs> punching each other in the face, that type of stuff. You know, lots of fights, um, lots of fights. So uh, would you say the better in, setup for, for having kids is three or two, three, or four? Three years. Perfect setup. Three years, the perfect setup. I, I mean, just I just talked to somebody about this the other day, actually. How many do you have? I have two, and they're four years apart. But how many kids do you have? I have two, and they're three years apart. Okay. Yep. Two boys, girl, boy, girl, 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 boy. Boy, boy's the older one, and he's uh, night, uh, 19 now, and it's freshman year, just finished his freshman year in college, and she's just finished up her sophomore year in high school. So... The cool thing is, is, you know, they're close enough. They're far apart enough to not be overly competitive. Yeah. Um, so if it was two, I have a boy and a girl, but if it's two boys, it's like the older boy wants to help the younger boy get better, yeah. you know, at sports. Whereas when they're close in age and you're fighting for varsity spots on, on teams, it's yeah. very competitive and you're at each other's necks. I like that distance with, with my two kids. My son, you know, he and as a senior in high school and her as a freshman, he kind of like laid down the law, like stay away from my sister. Sure. You know, so I, cool. I like I like that three year where they're in high school uh, at least one year together. It's good to know somebody. I think that's a good gap. I'd agree with that. So anyways, uh, yeah, I grew up, uh, grew up in the area, married my high school sweetheart. We've been together since we were 16. Congratulations, wow. man. That's awesome, yeah. man. Thanks. Yeah. You don't see that a lot these days. No. No. That's that small town stuff. People it get. is a small town stuff. I think it's part of what's missing from America. Uh, all right, so give some advice on how to be married that long. Yeah. Communication? What's up? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, relationship advice? Uh, alignment? Usually simple wisdom, right? Values, morals, how you want to raise your kids, where you want to live, uh, and, then, and then really staying, like supporting one another to a point where you're kind of I don't want to say like staying out of each other's way. That's a that's a bad way of saying it. But um, buying into each other's, I'd say, kind of personal goals and ambitions. You know, like buying in as a as a best friend 
would want to versus, you know, a, a spouse. I don't know. It's just a, a tweak to the mindset. No, I, I started looking at it like that too. In the beginning, you it's the spouse, you get wrapped around the husband wife thing. Mm -hmm. But when you shift back over to that teammate, like you're opposite there with you. Yeah. You know what exactly. I'm talking about? Like they can cover down on some things you can't. She has skill sets I don't have, man. She, she and when you realize that, as opposed to it, it's not a threat. It's it's an comp. Uh, it's an where you go, yeah, I go. Man. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a game changer when you when you yes. get one of them for sure. It took us a long time to get there. Like you know, young you know young kids. We you know I grew up pretty uh, pretty poor. Um, she grew up middle class. You know, and just that that alignment kind of living off hamburger helper and ramen noodles together as kids. And obviously, you know, the ebbs and flows of life. And then of course, success together, you know, she knows who I am at my core and I know who she is. And if, if shit hit the fan and everything, everything was gone, you know, I know we'd be living in a teepee together. So it's kind of, we have that alignment, you know, she's not looking for anything more than what we had, you know, initially. So it's all a bonus. Yep, that's that's a blessing right there. Man, when you find a unicorn, like a, we call them ride or die. Like one of them to stick beside you. Yeah. And it's kind of like, just let's go. It, and when, even if you do wind back up in the TV, you can build everything back. Yeah. You know, Hell yeah. How we were talking yeah. about that. It's actually, man, every skill set you get down here is learned. Up into earning mo like money. Like once yeah. you figure out how to do that, you can just go do it. You just go do it. You just go do it. Yeah. I've never heard anybody say it like that till here recently, man, but it truly is. Like, it's like, man, you know, once you learn how to, to, to do that, you can go do it anywhere. Anywhere. Yep. It's a, it's a skill set. Yeah, skill set. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so let's so because the story itself is fascinating on what you where you are right now to where you came from. So give can, give the listeners a little bit of background information on <clears throat> exactly what it is you do and how you got to where you are, and then we'll get sure. into a little intricacies if you don't mind. Yeah, I can get a little long winded, so cut cut me off. I'm trying to cut. You're myself good. We're off. taping it. Okay, good. <laughs> Drop you know, knowledge. Um, yeah, you know after the after I dropped out of college, I started a business. And, um, okay. I ran that from 2000, let's say one, 2002, right up until the recession. And, um, when the recession hit, 
I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to cover. I didn't know how to pivot. I was just a, a young, naive kid. And I say like, you know, I'm like, a, I got ADHD. Like, I guess if you want to put a, put, put it on it, you know, like if you want to put a term on the type of, I just say I was just a normal, a normal boy you know, bouncing off the walls. So I didn't know how to, how to use like my, let's say ADHD as a superpower yeah. Uh, when I was when I was younger, now it's a superpower. Mm, like, right. yeah, yeah, bro, it is it is a superpower. Um, but uh, but you know when when the recession came, I didn't know how to use that, and I didn't know how to pivot. And we we basically lost lost everything. I mean, except for our home. You know, we sold off everything. Um, I was in debt for that first business. It was a little new media company. You know, we would do cool little projects. Uh, and had gone in, like I said, gone into debt, taken out a line of credit and ended up basically, you know, in my basement trying to figure out what was next. My wife saying, you should really get your resume together. You should really find a job, you know, folks, you could get hired anywhere. I had two young kids at home, uh, really young at this point. Um, and I, I, uh, I fell back on jujitsu. Uh, jujitsu was kind of my passion uh, still is. It's uh, it's just uh, one of those lifestyles. I call it a sport. You know, some people call it a martial art. It is a martial art. For me, it's just a lifestyle activity, which I got really good at and continued to practice weekly. Um, so I fell back on jujitsu and it kind of kept me at, at a baseline. Um, I was able to use kind of the tools of jujitsu, timing, leverage opportunity you know all the things that jujitsu kind of teaches you and apply them to what i decided i wanted to do was reinvent gear for jujitsu that hadn't been changed in like a thousand years the kimono right or say 200 years for for jujitsu and so i had this idea of of changing the garment of for training uh and i uh i told my wife this is what i wanted to do I, I, I kind of launched a product off of a photograph and I sold like 200 units and I was like, cool, how am I going to make these basically? So you just and, designed this yourself and cut it up in your basement? Like no, every, I designed, every- I designed it and got a prototype from overseas from, uh, from Pakistan where everybody was importing jujitsu geese from. So the two places you could get them was from Pakistan or from China. So I, I imported this one kimono. I took a photo of it. And then I, I launched it and basically said, I'm starting a gi company. Very naive. This is very naive. I'm starting a gi company. Um, here's what we're going to do with the jujitsu gi. You know, it's badass. We're changing the game, et cetera. And sold a couple hundred units. Um, you know, at that point, that was 2011, 2010, 2011. So 2008, nine, uh, between that, that year between 2009, 2010, I was kind of figuring out my life and then launched the, launched the jujitsu, jujitsu company, uh, 2011 ish, I guess you could say. Um, so I, I was like, okay, well, this is cool. Let's look at manufacturing this stuff in America thinking it would be, you know, pretty easy to figure out, especially being from Maine, how to manufacture, um, you just thought so I that, love- <laughs> I, I, I mean, just, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I get, think about that for a second. What were you, what were you sitting around thinking while you were sitting around thinking about that? Cause that's, most people think that's an impossible accomplishment. 
Uh, I mean, when I was thinking about, well, I was, I was thinking we still had the knowledge in Maine because we used to do this, you know, when I was a kid, we used to make stuff. So I was thinking, well, I got to be able to find someone that can cut and sew and everywhere I turned, it was no, 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 it's dead. I had people like, you're crazy. You're not going to be able to do that. And finally I bought into the propaganda and I was like, you're right. I'm not going to be able to do this. And so we started importing stuff. So we just started importing geese. I was designing product. We're importing bags and compression stuff. And, you know, and every time I would, I would import something, I'd, I'd drive my, my old Chevy down to Boston and pick it up from customs and load it on a trailer and those nasty freaking boxes with a nasty burlap around it, drive it back to Maine. And I never felt really good about it. Um, and so I, I inquired again. And again, I hit a dead end. I was like, yeah, okay. I looked, look, I called, made phone calls. I, I, I tried to find out how to make this stuff. And finally, what really, really kind of, what really kind of like drove me to believe that we couldn't make stuff in America was when I called up a fabric company that ha- it was a weaving company. And I said, hey, can you make this textile? And they said, yes you'd have to order a hundred thousand yards, which was a million dollars in this textile. (laughs) You know, I didn't, I didn't have like two, two nickels to rub together a bucket to piss in at this point. So, you know, it was like, you know, like I, I can't do that. Well, that's the type of commitment we need to work, you know, to be able to like loom up and, and weave this for you. That's the type of commitment we're going to need. So at that point, you know, I was just like, this is, this is just the way it's going to have to be. I guess, I guess manufacturing is dead. You know, I guess, I guess I, I can't do it. Um, and it, and it stung. Um, but something happened, a defining moment happened and really pushed me over the edge. And that was, I was over in Abu Dhabi competing in a grappling tournament called the world pro. And a person, a person was walking by me and they were wearing origin, uh, gear. And I was like, man, that's awesome. They were from Europe. I was like, I look at a European, Eastern European, like wearing this, this jujitsu gear. And as they walked by, there was a different logo on the back and that's all I needed. And, and I, I called up my manufacturer, Ali. And I said, and I was talking to him just like this over video. I said, man, I said, you're ripping off our intellectual property. I said, you know, it's not trademarked. I get that but you're ripping us off and you're selling it into Europe. I said, everything I designed and I send to you, you're then taking it and selling it. He goes, Hey, it is what it is. He said, business is business. You can't do anything about it. Yeah. And, uh, and that was, that was what I really needed to, to push me over the edge. So, um, being naive and a little bit arrogant, I guess you could say, I, I, I called some friends and family and, I went out in my backyard, literally in the woods. Uh, we have some acreage. I marked out a bunch of trees and we got the chainsaws out and we started cutting down trees. We uh, we had some timbers sawn into logs and we did old school barn raising and we, we built a little factory in my backyard. Um, we continued to drive around the state of Maine looking for old scrap sewing machines and I found a couple of old 1940s L.L. Bean throwaway sewing machines, cast iron sewing machines. 
I, um, I brought them back to the shop and, you know, and we didn't have power. We had a generator. We started up, didn't have a working bathroom. And, um, we started sewing stuff and, and that was the beginning really of, of origin. Um, so from that point forward, you know, I've definitely turned gray, uh, building this thing out. Um, we've gone from, you know, I think one employee to almost 400 employees in the past, uh, geez, what is it? Eight, eight or nine years and, uh, truly have embraced taking back America and, and giving people a reason to believe in the American dream again, you know, and I like to say, I'm, I'm, I'm living proof of that. It, it took, it took that, that defining moment. Um, it uh, definitely being naive, a uh, little bit of ADHD as a superpower. Um, but we were able to do it. And, and I think that what's so valuable is, is, you know, living here, you can, if you embrace the power of the American spirit and the American dream, you, you truly can do anything. And, and I think that origin is, is a metaphor for that and has been a metaphor for that. And it hasn't been easy. I had to remortgage my house early on, you know, I had to, I had to learn the hard way, uh, you know, and we didn't get to the point we're at right now without making a lot of tuition payments, a lot of tuition payments. So, um, people don't, they don't get to see those late nights and early mornings as 16, 18 hour days for years. You know, the conversations you're having behind the scenes, uh, conversations with a spouse conversations you're having about having two young kids at home, you know, asking, asking in-laws or family members for a few hundred dollars to buy groceries or to make a mortgage payment. Like people don't see that, that side, they just see the results. You know, they see the now. So oh, sure. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, that that's kind of the story in a nutshell. Um, and that was the quick version. <laughs> How many square feet was the barn you, you guys threw up? It was, uh, 64 by 36, uh, initially 64 by 36, um, concrete slab. And, uh, the, the beams were 27 feet to the peak, uh, 10 by 10 rough sawn beams that were super heavy. I mean, they were green when we had them sawn out. So like, lifting them up we used uh we rented a a bucket like what are those four wheeled things you can drive around that has the bucket on it yeah. we'd like oh, rest yeah. it on the yeah, bucket and yeah, slowly yeah. creep it up until we stood it up and have people hold it and spike it together yeah and, that's some redneck shit bro yeah oh yeah <laughs> it's, it's sure. almost like a field of dreams man if you build it they'll they'll show up they'll come out there yeah. right so how big's the factory now or the factories so now we're we're spread over um six locations in two states 
we consume of factory space close to 300,000 square feet. Um, in Maine, we have a hundred and I want to say 120,000 square feet total. And in North Carolina, we consume another 170 and 40. So another 230. So over 300,000 square feet of space. Are other companies coming to you now? Are you just strictly doing origin out of there? Uh, we, uh, we've had a lot of companies that have come to us looking for manufacturing. What we're doing is we're creating a monopoly east of the Mississippi origin will, will basically own the supply chain. And the idea is that if we can own it, we can protect it, right? If we can keep it out of the hands of private equity and venture capital, if we can keep it out of the hands of corporate raiders and, you know, we can keep this thing private. Um, we're going to be able to protect it. So our goal has been to secure the supply chain and the and the and the mills and the plants that we call the origin factory blockchain. And what it is is the blockchain of manufacturing that's transparent, where you know the cotton that is in your genes was grown in the Tennessee Delta region. Oh, check you know, that out. So yeah, you're vertically so, integrating your company with all American-made <clears throat> material. Exactly. Uh, dirt to shirt, field to finish, fiber fabric, seed to shelf. Like oh, dude, how American long have you been sitting on that one? <laughs> dude, say that one again. <laughs> yeah. Dirt, I don't know what I say. Dirt to shirt, fiber to fabric, field to finish, seed, seed to shelf. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, and, and, so, and so to your question, yeah, we have had a lot of companies. We had Levi's reach out. We told them to pound sand. They abandoned the American worker. They're a big part of you know, why we're hurting in America, um, uh, amongst other companies that abandoned the American worker. Yeah. There were factories everywhere. I mean, you guys know this yeah, yeah. everywhere, every town had a, had a purpose, you know, and, and the, the corporate, the corporate greed, the runaway capitalism that came in and, you know, just chose profit over people. Um, they're, they're, partly in a big way responsible for what's happened to America's communities. Right. So because the people are your profit, right? Yeah, man. People over profit. And we gotta we gotta course correct that. I just, I just want to drive this point home because so I think a lot of people people don't chase their dreams or when they get into or they want to do something and it gets hard or they look or that it seems like they're gonna fail, lose their money, have to go borrow money for somebody to buy groceries. That's usually when they stop. Yes. You took something that was everything and then was lost and brought it back to life. And now it's flourishing and you came from and started with absolutely zero. Correct? Yes. Yeah. So all the listeners out there need to understand that you don't have to have a Harvard education, a billion dollars in the bank. All you have to have is drive, dedication, and a dream, Right. I always knew you and wasted your time when you were in Harvard. Understand, <laughs> understand that you will fail. Yeah. Understand that you will fail every day. And if you continue to grind it out, hey, or understand that you're already doing that. That's kind of what life is until you get good at it. I mean, yeah, at no, what point, I mean, that's, do, at that's what point why, did you I'm sorry. That's why I started using tuition payments because uh I made I made and continue to make so many mistakes, but but to your point on like starting with nothing and building something, I, I use a, it's like a quick and easy metaphor to get people to understand 
folks will go and invest in a $75,000 Ford Raptor, which they're charging a hundred grand for now because they can't. Right. So I'll go in and I'll take out a bank loan. Anybody, you name it. I don't care where you're working. I'm going to go take out a, a 70 or a hundred thousand and I'm going to invest it into a, a mode of transportation. But when you say to that same person, like, why don't you do that and invest in you? Like, why don't you invest that in you and yourself? If you have a dream or if you have a, 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 a an idea that that you believe in, why wouldn't you go and invest that in yourself? And even if you do fail or make a tuition payment, yeah, it's a five-year note, you know, like you pay, like you're gonna pay that five year and then go do it again. You know, and people they're very they're very scared of the unknown, you know, and it's the it's the unknown that that drives people to live in fear of not investing in themselves or in an idea or an opportunity. Um, and I think that that is, you know, I don't know if it's learned behavior. I think it has a lot to do with who you surround yourself with also, sure. or, or how you've grown up. There's this nervousness about that, that people can't get over, but if, but once they get over it, you know, I mean, once you do it once, it's kind of like like we were talking earlier. Once you know how to make money, you always know how to make money. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with with business. Like I could I could do this again. Like what I feel like I've captured and I have now is experiential knowledge. Yeah. No one could ever take away from me. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's powerful. There. It's powerful. Sure. Man, so. Sure. Because I mean, at what point when you're starting out, you're like, hey, I want to I want to start this geek company, man. You, you had no idea that was going to grow into this. And I right. think what you lose is, man, there's, there is a, in, in the beginning standard. Like, this is how I'll know I made it. But you shotgun so far past that on the ride that you, you know what I mean? It's like you yeah. don't have time to enjoy it. <clears throat> like, I had this standard I was set for myself. I know where I'm at now. I don't even remember. I guess we went past it so fast that, it, that that's the ride. It gets, it, man, it goes from like a slow to a haul ass quick. Yes. Yeah, it's compounding growth. You know, it's like, I'm going to go from one to two to four to eight to 16 and, yeah, check. you know, yeah. and it, it just compounds, you know, and I, I would say that the biggest, the biggest kind of, um, the most valuable thing is like keeping that singleness of purpose. Because for me, as, as we've grown, we've had a lot of opportunities, you know, and, and I could easily like pull off and jump into this thing or pull off and jump into this thing. And and when I say using like ADHD as a superpower, it's not doing that. It's not having entrepreneurial seizures and peeling off and doing this. No, we're staying focused. We're going to do this one thing and we're going to be great at it. We're going to be great. We're going to be the best in the world at it. And until you can do that, you know, I mean, for us, we're building America's next big brand. I mean, it's like well, that's what you need to teach somebody else. Teach people dogs. how to do is harness that ADHD. Because what you say and like, hey, stay focused. But then with the it's like those those two things usually don't go together. Yeah. But what I've noticed is <clears throat> that's two types. Of, and there's a well, there's multiple types of individuals down there. There's some people that can concentrate on something for a long, long time. There's also jobs down here that require somebody who can do that. And then there's jobs down here that require people who have to switch like fast, yeah. fast paced because we go so fast in the way things are. It's just like, man, if you could train that person to use that in that environment, been, you know, it's a weapon. All right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to hear you say also to, to focus in on what you're good at and don't chase the next big thing. Like with my yeah. company, I'm good at two things, but I started 
somebody would come and hey, oh, by the way, do you do this? Or do you, can you do this? Sure, absolutely. And then I would just get spread so thin. Yes. And I inevitably came back to, this is what I'm good at, and this yep. is what I'm going to push at. Mm-hmm. That's almost the entrepreneurial trap. Yeah. It's like, you know, okay, when you start running, that's a good point, bro. When you start running down your road that you're supposed to go on and, and those other ones start showing up, like, hey, man, I think you should probably, or I, that, those are the little traps, the rabbit holes. Those are the traps. Right, right. Those are the traps. So you just ignore yeah. those at the beginning and just keep going. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, a uh, ball. You guys have like ball glasses, like a sipping glass, drinking. Mason like, jar. Mason jars. You guys have those? Oh, up? balls. Yeah. Ball, ball. Yeah. yeah um, so their motto is we make containers. Yeah. That's what we do. We make containers. We don't, like NASA came in and was like, hey, can you guys do this? We make containers. We make containers. Whatever and, that's what we, and, they're the best in the, <laughs> and the best in the world at it. Everyone they're, knows what that mason jar is. Exactly. It's not yeah, even called we, it's a ball jar, right? I, yeah. Mason, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, clean, like, what are you talking about, dog? Yeah, everything's sorry, clean. Everything's a clean right? Mason jar. Mason jar. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I digress. He's so smart sometimes I got to bring him back down. You had a lot of people. Well, they haven't, you, they haven't you, changed either. The ball jars. I was. I was. Uh, I was at. You guys ever been to Biltmore in it, uh, Ash, uh, Asheville, uh, North Carolina? I've been to Asheville. The hotel. The Biltmore, the house, the Vanderbilt mansion there. Oh no, it's no, like, no, no! I hadn't been to that. Well, it's Have like you, you know, hundred plus years old, and they had in the basement. They had ball jars from like a hundred years ago. They look exactly the exactly same. the same. Right? They haven't changed. They make containers. Yeah. Is that the? Is that from um, Sons of the Lambs? That that Vanderbilt Mansion? Um, oh, I don't know. I don't look know. it up. I think that's the one you're talking. Real big, right? Fountains everywhere. It's, it's places. Like, it's, it's, massive. it's a museum now. It's like two hundred thousand square feet. Yeah, I think more. that's what it is. It's massive. It, it's the second largest house in the country. And, uh, um, I think Carnegie built the the largest one because Mr. Vanderbilt built that one. Maybe, Carolina, yeah. man, they got some great stories. It's a beautiful residence. It, it, I mean, it, it's it's wild. Like you, you know, and the reason that I I wanted to visit it was just to see the. I mean, it's a, it's it's over the top, right? Sure. But the infrastructure to be able to carve out the stone, they had the stonemasons, they had to build a rail system, sure. like just to build that infrastructure. You know, I mean, it's a it's insane. You know that people could do that back then with horses and buggies. Back it then. makes look cool. like what we're doing. Look well, like it makes you appreciate what here. lives in this place. Oh, that's in yeah. North Carolina. Yeah, that's it right there. Hey, so what what lives in here? What is capable of can build things like that? We don't really do that anymore. That because that's the, right. The tech and everything, but that's a unique thing about the Americas, man. There's stuff that's living in here that can we can do anything. You you captured it earlier. You said something like the American spirit. That there's something to that. When you fire that sucker, like 9-11 is probably the last time it got fired up, wouldn't you say? Sure. Yeah. Maybe. 9-11 mm. had to be, right? COVID, we got sick. We didn't really get fired up. We got fired down. <laughs> so 9-11. Yeah, the, po- the power of the American spirit, and then if you can bring people together, you know, to have a, to have kind of a, a, a mind meld and a singleness of purpose, yeah. that's oh, the type yeah. of shit you can do. I tell, I tell people, uh, if, you go, if you go into Lewiston, Maine, these old mills, where, you know, the different immigrants came in, the Irish and the French and everybody else, they built these mills and the mills are tremendous. But before they built the mills, they had to harness the power of the river. Oh yeah. yeah. And and the way they did that is they built canal systems. And if you drain those canal systems, there's probably enough granite to build another great pyramid. And they did that with horses and oxen. And they did that with, you know, with simple, simple tools. So, you know, it's not a great pyramid, but 
they they moved that river the direction they wanted it to go to power those mills and sure. they did that all over new england all over all over the east coast and i'm sure in other parts of america too man you got to look at america as one great pyramid i mean yep. it's it, it's something You're, those factories are something mm. like to, to visit those well we went to some of the distilleries to visit they're, they're still on the river the way they make the old-fashioned mills the way oh, old yeah. school right i mean it's yeah. kind of like basic school Sure. Stuff, that stuff always work. You got rivers flowing, the, the wheels will turn. Yep. And to watch them in there doing that, it's uh, to, it's something, man, to remind us what we're capable. How of. far, uh, Pete? How far? Are you, I mean, where, where are you going with this? Because we see uh, you got you got you're the co-owner of Jocko Fuel. Yeah. How'd you so, run into him? <laughs> so Jocko, Jocko. Well, <laughs> you know, in those in those years that we were building the factory, I I, I was telling a. Uh, I was telling someone last night actually that I missed like a solid six years of what happened in the world. Like 2010 to 2016, I was in my own world. I I didn't watch the news. I didn't have TV in the house. Like I didn't, I didn't know the music groups. It was literally, I'd get up in the morning. I'd go to work at the factory. I'd walk down, you know, down the dirt road to the factory I'd do what I had to do for 16 hours. I'd walk back and I'd go to bed and I'd try to cha- train jujitsu in there uh, once in a while. Also, I didn't pay attention to anything else except the task at hand. And that was trying to make stuff in America again, learning how to sew, learning how to cut, learning how to weave fabric, rescuing old looms and bringing them back to life, looking for old timers who could show us the old ways. So I missed this mm-hmm. chunk of time. I missed this six years. And, um, it's funny because I'll discover I'll discover something like, oh, a music group. I've never heard of them. What do you mean? They've been around for a decade. Well, that was in that time span. Or a TV show. Oh, that TV show was around for a long time. I, I just missed that chunk of time. And in 2017, um, Jocko, I guess, had done a Facebook uh, feed. And he's like, hey, I've been trying to get a hold of this, uh, this crazy guy up in Maine, if anybody <laughs> knows him. His name's Pete. I'm, I've been trying to get in contact with him about some jujitsu keys or something like that. And, and Jocko told me that we actually did email back and forth once. And I, I guess I never got back to him or something, but um, we ended up getting connected. Uh, he just, he loved what we were doing with origin and we ended up getting connected and we spent like four hours on our first uh, like zoom call. And we got off the phone and his wife, Helen said to him, Hey, it sounded like you were talking to yourself, you know? And so we kind of, we kind of hit it off and he flew up to Maine. Of course he's from new England. He spent half his, you know, year in Connecticut and half his year in Maine um, when he was growing up as a kid. So we just, we clicked and we, we had a steak and a handshake and we decided that that's we all it takes. Gonna, <laughs> that's all it takes. That's all and, steak and and handshake. Honestly, that's all it takes, we did man. that for three years before we signed a deal with each other like to, as far as part of our partnership, you know, Jocko and I are, are we're 50, 50 partners. So, um, it, it was three years. We just did this thing like old school, man, like we're like super old school, like handshake and a steak and we're good to go. And, um, I think that that's been lost also in the oh, world, man, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that just all that those, all those way to do that's been pat- for whatever reason, tech, I guess. Right. Cause you don't have to meet up and do have that ability. Yeah. Part of part of that part of that deal was um, Jocko was sponsored by a nutrition company, and part of that deal was for him to walk away from that and us to 
us to start a nutritional brand. And so in 2017, that's where Jocko Fuel was born, um, was, was after we left that meeting in Portland, Maine and put our heads together on starting this nutritional line. So it's been, it's been super successful. Um, we've built all the products that, you know, he, he wanted to build, uh, and there's some more coming that are just freaking phenomenal. But when it comes to like clean energy, um, you know, nothing overstimulated or tons of sugar, but just all natural pasteurized, like all the, all the good stuff you normally see in a, a crispy white, you know, lifestyle container, which we have in a, you know, in a, in a black container. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, Spec it's, been a, it's been a, it's been a nice ride. So that's, that's how we, that's how we met and got together. Of course, we're both into jujitsu. He's a jujitsu bum. I'm a jujitsu yeah. bum. Oh, yeah. So oh, he's a great man for sure. Yeah. So where do you see, um, origins going? I mean, you said vertically and taking over to, you're going to monopolize it and take it over. Taking over the East coast. Yeah. Yeah, Mississippi, you know, I mean, right? uh, people, people, I think they think I'm less crazy now when I say, Hey, we're building America's next big brand. Um, but that's truly what we're doing, you know, like, it, like, how, how do I explain it? LL Bean was the last great one from Maine. So LL Bean had Maine, has Maine for, for the time being, like Nike has Oregon, like Under Armour has Maryland. Like uh, Burton has Vermont, origin origin gets Maine, yeah. and and so when I when I mention those names, that's what we're building. We're building a a hundred year brand that's going to transcend me. Um, we're building something that will reestablish uh, and resurrect the abandoned communities, um, and it's a renaissance of manufacturing. You know, I mean that's real truly what it is. I I believe origin's the tip of the spear, and and I know that what we are doing hasn't been done in a hundred years, you know, hasn't been done in a hundred years. It's not unique. It's hard. It's hard. You know, like it's it, 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 like, if you look at it on a business, on a business plan and you are going to forecast, you're going to lose a lot before you gain anything, you know, so it would make most people scared. And I don't think anybody's going to chase us because nobody's willing to commit to the idea that, we're going to do this 100% made in America without compromise. Yeah, Everything that we make, we're going to actually make with American hands on, on the Origin Factory blockchain. So it's it's a crazy idea, crazy concept, but we've gotten buy-in oh, from... It's awesome concept, man. That's how we built this whole place. Hell yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Exactly. I'm like, dude, man, That's we how killed this place the American built. spirit. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. I've been watching some shows on television. How, the, the foods that built America, the men that built America. Those are great shows, man. And so I can tell you that that the men who built America, when I was at like my worst with Origin in the first couple of years of manufacturing, I would watch that show over and over, like a study guide, right? I mean, I just, as the same people haven't good, seen man. that on History Channel, you as, need to watch oh, that. Oh man, if it'll that's fire it, your ass up watching our our elders, the our, the ones that came before, I mean, that's our family. Those the men that those they built that were man, we're still here, dude. Freaking awesome! I mean, just just the the sheer force of will. Yeah, man. grit. That's all it was. Yeah, grit. Sheer force of like, will. We're just, hey, we're getting it's this gr- done. <laughs> gritty and we're scrappy. And, 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 but the other thing is, is they took risks. Yep. They took massive risks, massive debt. You know, like they had something to prove. And like, why have we softened up and lost that? Why, why don't we still have something to prove? Why aren't we going to, why aren't we going to rebuild and protect it? 
Oh, Why man. are we going to give it away? Why are we going to sell it to the lowest bidder? Because that's what we did. I was watching yesterday on Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kreme. These are the guys who invented donuts. These are our donut guys. And they're yeah. hardcore. I mean, yeah. when they were doing, they were redesigning stuff and getting them, which thank God, I mean, right, for, for, for both of them. But uh, it, it's, it truly is, man, it's an inspiration to watch them in their own field. Like what it mm-hmm. is that fires you up and makes you run like that. Whatever that is, is unique, man. And that motivates the person next to you. Yes. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Anything you, that you, you love doing and doing well will motivate somebody else. That, for sure. That we're designed that way. We've had a lot of kind of response over the over the years. I've had people buy factories. Like I we have we have a guy that followed us and he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into manufacturing. And he bought like a like a confectionery factory. You know, another one bought a factory to like make rims for, you know, another person start up a factory to manufacture furniture. And there's there's probably 50, 75 people that I know were inspired directly by our journey because we capture it all and we share it with the world. We have a, yeah, yeah. a YouTube channel, you know. That's awesome, um, by the way. It's like you can learn so much off that sucker. Oh, yeah. It, it's they, the guys Dude, do a good job. Man. It's really a transparent look at what we're doing. It's like, hey we totally screwed up on this and this is how we're correcting or like, Hey, we're going to make this like I, like with our footwear, I think, yeah, we actually captured from the very like first, you know, like drawing on a piece of paper, like we're going to make footwear and here's how we're going to go about it. And we have like college professors showing their, their students, these videos on YouTube of us, how we built this thing, you know? And so it's, we're not trying to hide anything, you know, we're actually trying to do the opposite. Man, it's so inspirational. As much as my brother and I travel now, you like you see these new factories. These young, they're building bicycles, their own brand. You're mm-hmm. not going to reinvent the bicycle, but damn it, you're going to put some cool stuff on it to make it a way that's unique. Yeah. It's like a hundred years is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> if you, yeah exactly. if you want, if you're looking for a job, you want to create something, go back a hundred years and see what was popular. Bring that sucker yeah. back. Yep, exactly. You know what I mean? And then do it your way. And then it just talks to people. Like we, we said, man, suckers in school start a tightrope. What do you call it? Tucking, Peg, pegging. Pegging your pants? Yeah, peg those jeans. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, was a, there, was a, um, there was another defining moment, which I should touch on, because I think you guys will appreciate it. There, there's something missing. And, and I think the idea of origin, and I think, I think the, the mindset of the brand, because it is a brand, but the mindset is is the most important part of what we're doing. And that's that's what kind of transcends the product, transcends everything we're doing is there we're we're at this inflection point in our culture where my kids learn everything through this thing right here, this phone. Yeah. Right. We in our 40s, we heard the stories from the greatest generation directly. Right. We sat there with our grandparents. Damn right. They were awesome. And they told us about fighting in World War II. My grandfather told me about, you know, being in the Aleutian Islands and and the things he did. He told me that when he was, you know, eight years old, he used to stand sit at the corner store talking to the old timers about the war. And that war was the Civil War. So like it's like one generation removed from the Civil War. All right. My kids will never experience those stories. Never experienced the, st- the nostalgia in those stories they romanticized about working in the mills and the Lowell spinning mills and the Peabody tanneries, the things they did, how hard it was, how the work was. 
They'll never experience that. But we, we, the Gen Xers, we got those stories directly. And now, now the greatest generation, they're all but gone. And so we, we kind of, we hope we have this hole that we need to fill. Right. So you, so you have this kind of perfect triangle of need. You have my kid, our kids that never have experienced anything authentic. They've never been in a factory and yeah. seen someone take a side of a bison and turn it into a boot. <laughs> They've never seen that. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and so we're bringing this experience or experience to them. So they have something missing where now they're looking for authentic experiences. Yeah. We have yeah. something missing where those stories they told us about working in the mills and the factories and the products they built, the durable goods they built, the shit that's built to last a lifetime, that's missing for us. So there's this perfect opportunity to capture the needs of everybody, right? And and we and I was kind of able to see this early on that this was gonna this was gonna happen, you know. And and so origin it kind of fits it fits for humanity, not just for one one person in one place, one demographic. It really fits for humanity, and that's why I call it a renaissance because everyone's gonna have to buy into this and what covid did this is the third piece of that triangle what covid did is it is it expedited the necessity by a decade yeah it sure sped did. it up 10 <clears throat> years <clears throat> right because it exposed our weaknesses it exposed the holes like we're weak we don't know how to make shit anymore that's bad yeah that's dangerous yeah. so um you've got these three things kind of working working together and I see connection between all three of them. Oh, well, there absolutely is. Very valid. Yeah, absolutely what I'm saying. And I, I, I agree with you 100% on a generational gap. It's like our time in the breach. That's our fault. If anybody says, hey, this generation that's coming to our, our kids' generation is, is fucked up, guess whose fault that is? Oh, yeah, that's on us. <laughs> all right, well, we just got into this a minute ago. You're raised by your grandparents. because you, you, I mean, you, you don't get along with your dad. You're loved and beloved by your mama. You pay attention to them grandparents. You love them every time you see them. So we were raised by the greatest generation. Our yes. kids were raised by the baby boomers who hate each other. One of them had to go to war. The other one didn't. Now you're sitting them like mom and dad, Democrats, Republicans up in the White House. That's all they do is argue and bicker. It's like living in a divorced family. One of them throws a lot of money at you, wants you to shut up. The other one tries to get you to follow the rules. They sent us to two wars for 20 years. You don't think that changes us? Our generation is completely different. You said Gen X. We're the X-Men. Yeah. A little bit of the old, like a little that. bit of the new. All right? That's exactly what we are. We're not unlike anything. The millennials, the new sucking COVID babies, they could probably fly. I don't know. They're, they're something different. Now, I'll never talk smack about the baby boomers because that's what our parents are, man. But, and they had to be look at it like the way they are had to create us. So those stories that we love to hear from our, great, or from our grandma, I remember, we remember those. And we got a bunch of them to tell our kids now. Problem was, we've been away. And if we were back home, my brother was gone, which means I was gone. Well, what happens after two wars? Man, they got us sick together. You, you don't get battle weakened, man. You get battle hard. We've been through three different, like, global events together. Mm -hmm. And we're the ones that got punched in the face over here during 9 11. Yep. That's the first time that happened. You know, I mean, even when we were away, the guys that were still here were just like us. The only way we could be like we are is if you had to be that extreme in what you do. And what everyone keeps overlooking is our generation because we're kind of sitting in the breach just waiting. My brother just got activated. He's going back in. 
It's like mm-hmm. a it, it, no one transitions when things are bad or uh, good. Mm-hmm. You make a, a big shift in our country when things are bad. We're yeah. there, we're in that. Yeah, and that's what that's what sucks, and that's that's what's on my mind a lot. You know, and in, in really the ethos and in the DNA of what we're doing is is why does something have to suck to bring people together? I don't know, dude. You know, like why <laughs> why why right? Why don't why, why can't we reflect on what the greatest generation taught us oh, and all agree on that? You know, why do we got to make right, wrong and wrong, right? Why do we got to screw this shit up? It's yeah. simple. Why can't it always it's be like a sense. wedding or Christmas every time you get it, right? It's always a good time. It's always like a funeral with us. It's like you get to kill something or make something bad before we realize like, oh, you know what? I do care about you, man. Exactly. Exactly. But I think, I think the idea of factories, just that concept of factories, I think that was this was the was what stabilized the country working together because factories were the melting pot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you came from different cultures and different backgrounds and different countries and you melted into a factory where you built things together and yeah. factories were dangerous too. So you had to cover and move. You had to take care of each oh, other. Pro- yeah, man, that, that brings a family, makes them a family. Makes them a like family. Some of those whole so, towns were there for that particular mill. Exactly. Exactly. Pride exactly. That, there's, few, there's few left. Absolutely, 100%. You had a lot of people telling you you weren't going to be able to accomplish what you accomplished, and obviously you stuck to it. What is your advice, never quit advice specifically for aspiring entrepreneurs, athletes, people who are trying to defy the odds? I had had an old-timer tell me, um, and I've, I've, most people, I guess, who have heard this story have heard me say this, but I was kind of at the lowest of my low, and... I didn't know what to do. We were a few years into origin. We had built this factory. We had bought these sewing machines, old sewing machines. And we had bought this old loom and brought it back to life. And we would go a week without selling anything. And I'd have to meet my business partner, Dedeco, down in, in Massachusetts. And he would give me some cash. And I'd come up to Maine, deposit in the bank to make payroll. And, and I was in this cycle until finally there was nothing left. And I remember, I remember thinking, like, what am I going to do? Like, like my back was against the wall. Was this just a big entrepreneurial seizure and a big mistake, this whole thing? And instead of just, I guess, giving up, I I found a, I found a, a guy, a local guy who had built a massive company. I asked him if I could, I could, I could get a few minutes of his time. And, and he invited me over to his lake house. This guy had built a massive, massive company. And he said, yep, I'll spend some time with you. He said, I'll give you a few minutes. He invited me over. I sat on his porch and he, 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 he stood up and he said, Hey, let me tell you one thing first. He said, you're not special. Your ideas aren't special and nobody gives a shit. And he goes, do you want to hear more? And I said, I'm here to learn and apply. An hour later, I left that meeting, went to the bank, and I remortgaged my house and put $1,000 in the bank of the business. And um, when I did that, my like my level, just my mental level, it was like I was, it was heightened. It was like I was just firing on all cylinders because now I've just put myself personally in mm-hmm. a, a crazy position where you better make Now it. it's yours. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We aren't we aren't playing anymore. 
you know, like you, this is, this is like do or die, man. Like this is do or die. So, um, in a, in a roundabout way of answering your question, it's, you're not special. Like there's a lot of great ideas in the world. There's freaking ideas better than all of ours, thousands of them. And, and people are born every day that will be more talented than you. So there's, there's, there's a plethora of talent. There's an incredible amount of ideas, but you know what there isn't, there isn't, there isn't a bunch of people that will go all in on their ideas and invest in themselves because, because most people are scared of that. They're scared of the unknown. They're scared of what they might lose. They don't focus on what they might gain or Mm -hmm. how they might grow. You know, and, and I think that, that unless you've kind of been through it, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to tell somebody that it's okay. You know, it's, oh, it's okay. If you lose your house, nobody wants to hear that. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's okay. With, yeah. It's okay with me. Right. You know, it's okay. It's okay. Like it's, it's good to go. Cause you know, cause I believe in what we're doing. I believe we're going to, I believe that we are the tip of the spear. You know, I believe that we started a, a renaissance of manufacturing. I believe that that America needs it. I believe the communities need it. I believe the people need it. I believe in what we're doing. And if you believe that strongly in in what you want to do, then execute. Yeah. Like execute. That's the only way you'll get there. It's almost yeah. as if if you don't believe in it, they'll they no want won't. it. Nobody else going and to. You don't have to say it. they won't they'll feel it. That they just know that. And if they see you down there getting your ass whipped, man, keep coming back in it. It's, and there's, you said something earlier, man. It's like you can live your life to work with somebody, you know, work against them or work for them or do something that helps them in their life. Mm-hmm. I can completely remove yourself from the equation at all and just say, man, I just facilitate people while they're going through their trials and tribulations. I, 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 you, man, I wish there was that's that right there, what you said. You need, that's what people need to hear at the most <clears throat> basic of levels. Like, all right, look. There is a point in time that you are literally, if you want to, sw- you're going to have to take the life jacket off. You're going to have to, like that scene in Batman when they're trying to crawl out of that hole and he kept, ju- he had that rope around <laughs> his waist. waist. He kept oh, yeah, jumping yeah. forward, jumping forward, yeah. jumping forward, never made it. It's like, look, yeah. you're going to have to take the rope off. Yeah. That's the only way. And then that's a feeling. And you got it. You know it. And I, I've done it too. That's a feeling. That when that rope comes off, they get sick to your stomach. You're like, oh my God, I have got to do it. It's here we, it came on. I'm all in. It's almost as if that flips a new new switch that gives you a new fuel. Yes. And that's not, it's that you can never tell somebody about that. No. They have to do it. That's how we get like with guys that go into our training program. If they know that there's a backup, they won't make it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There ain't no damn backup. We're not backing up. We're going forward. Yep. 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 It's a, it's a, it's a trust fall and you only got one direction to fall if your back's against the wall. No shit. Ain't nobody out no. there to tr- trust. You either, you either go right on your face or you take a step forward. That's it. Learn how to tuck and roll. Yeah. And if you do crash and burn, you'll, you'll learn so much from that. Yeah. That's what you're yeah, for. You'll pay that's so much tuition. You, man. Yeah. you can either get you purposely go out there and get your ass whipped or life will just do it for you. Either way, you're going to have to learn just to exist. And how you know that is every other one of us have to go through that. Yeah. You will be raised one way or the other down here. 
Man, you're such a great success story, though. Thanks for sharing yeah. that with us. Thanks for doing this, brother. And thanks for how can people follow you? Yeah, what track you in? Oh, by the way, Origins, great name. Yeah, I'm surprised name. that was. I'm surprised that was available. <laughs> was that available? No, but it is, man. It's a solid name. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, people. Uh, you know, just uh, always we love support through just following us. You know, on um, YouTube, uh, it's or uh, YouTube.com/slash/OriginUSA um subscribe to the channel and you can literally follow the whole journey we have thousands of hours we've captured over the past decade um i was a lot younger back then i had hair and um you know and and it's all and it's all there the whole story is there but um also uh on instagram origin usa um and our website is originusa.com so i mean that's that's the best ways to to follow us and you know and and as far as like what we're doing you know, we're, 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 we're building gear. I have this, I have this, uh, I have this thing I wrote recently. It's, um, I'm going to see if I can, I can pull it up here because I think you guys can, can appreciate this. Basically it's, uh, a savage of the body, a pioneer of the heart and an operator of the mind. Like that, that's what we're building gear for. Savage of the body, a pioneer of the heart and an operator of the mind. You know, and 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 everything we build fits fits within that. We're pioneers, we're operators, um, and you know we want to protect what's ours, and 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 that's America. One hell of a model, American. Yeah. So you can you can check out what we're making. We make some badass shit all uh, all right here in the U.S. And um, you know you're supporting a lot of families in in America's supply chain when you support us. Well, right on, brother. Thank you again, man. God bless you. We'll link up, man. We'll, we'll do something. Thanks, buddy.